Welcome back to the Lion Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander, and this is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind, body, and movement. Today's conversation is with my friend Scott Berman. Scott is the founder of Sky Cave Retreats, which is a darkness retreat center up in around Ashland, Oregon. I recently went for my first darkness retreat, which I've talked a lot about on the social medias, um, had a lot of questions about it. And this is the interview that I did with Scott, who is the founder of this facility uh, after the darkness retreat. So I was in the darkness for a total of uh, four, how, how long? Four, four, right? Four days? Yeah, four days, five nights. I think that's how it went. Yeah, it was 108 hours. I went on Wednesday evening and came out Monday morning. Um, and it was one of the most significant experiences of my life. It is unlike anything that um, I would ever anticipate experiencing, um, barring some type of catastrophic accident or something. I got stuck in a cave or something. Um, it's way more pleasant than that. There's a bathtub. Um, he brings food each day for the whole day around five o'clock. Um, he also had like hot tea and such. So it wasn't just locked up alone in a dark cave, uh, but the introspection and the self-work and the self-understanding that manifests is a product of stripping one's self from all distractions essentially for some time really fascinating so scott is i would consider him like a guru figure in the realm of darkness guru is kind of like a feels like a disparaging term but guru in the sense of like a teacher um, he's has an immense amount of experience in his own darkness retreats with himself uh, he's also done darkness retreats with his partner uh, he is he's a pioneer in this world and i'm very excited to share this conversation with you guys i want to thank you guys for subscribing to this wherever you're listening to it so you get each week's episodes also i want to thank you guys for leaving us reviews on apple or spotify or wherever you listen to this i'm going to read a review from this is the horny celibate five stars from the horny celibate love the pod uh, great work and communication skills brother always good guests and interview topics I just feel that if you are going to say something, uh, quote, cliche and new agey, which I, I think I do quite a bit, uh, you don't need to preface with that first. Just say it, man. That is funny. Thank you. Um, how we call you horny celibate for this review and critique. We support critiques here at the Lime Podcast as well. Love criticism. Big fan. Um, appreciate you guys. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation and, uh, yeah, let's go. Scott. Aaron. Thank you for having me out to your, your land. Yeah. We are here. Here we are. I just finished a 108 hour stint in one of your dark rooms. It was one of the most impactful experiences that I've experienced. So I'm excited to unpack it here. Yeah. Um, but I want to start just. Like, what the hell is a darkness retreat? And how is it possible that you're booked out until December for uh, people to come sit alone with themselves mm -hmm. in a dark room? Yeah. What is it? Where does it come from? Where does it originate? How did we get here? Yeah. What is a darkness retreat? Yeah. So darkness retreat being uh, going into a space that's completely dark. Your eyes don't adjust to see your hand in front of your face. And one of the unique elements of the ones that we have here is they're like 99% soundproof. Right. So it's 
more or less a full sensory deprivation experience outside of walking around the room and taking a bath and eating. Yeah. You're pretty much suspended in an alternate reality. Yeah. Uh, the darkness retreats go back to uh, Tibetan Buddhism and Dzogchen. They do them for 49 days, um, which correlates with, in their belief, the bardo, the period between when you die and then when you're reborn. And so they do the 49-day dark retreat to pretty much tap into that same time flow and time span. Mm. Uh, there's the Kogis in Colombia, and the medicine men are chosen at birth, and they go into darkness for eight years with the elders and with their birth mom. Um, as far as I understand, they do go outside and see the stars and the moon, but they don't see the sun for eight years and they spend wow. most of that time in darkness. Why would they do that? To really drop into the inner worlds and, uh, and the dream worlds. Apparently they're pretty epic dreamers. Wow. Like lucid dreaming, like I love to... Yeah, I had, one of the, I had a lucid dream experience. Right. What do you think a person, how does that shift the way that a person lives their life if they're that tapped into that inner world and that dream world like how do they are they leveraging the dream world to derive information for their waking state is mm. maybe life more about the dream world than the right. waking state maybe it makes the waking state less of the only state mm. like if you're lucid dreaming every night you're going to start to really value your dreams a lot right and they might feel a bit more real or just as real as here just with different rules and laws yeah in terms of how they work yeah perhaps it's not something that i've really i've minimal lucid dreaming experience but yeah it's an interesting world to begin to navigate to perhaps explore subconscious beliefs like believing that form is solid which we do and then try to walk through a wall in your dream when you become lucid hmm. and i think most people find that they can't because they believe that the wall's solid hmm. so one thing to explore is walking through the wall backwards hmm. and then you'll walk through the wall and then you shatter a subconscious belief that form is solid or at least in the dream world hold on is that walking through the wall backwards is that like a thing you well, if you walk through the wall backwards you're not like you kind of bypass the subconscious belief that the wall's solid. Have you solid. done that? Or you heard that this I, is like a trick? This is like a lucid dreaming trick? Uh, yeah, and like there's a, there's a dream yoga book that I've been really loving. We're out here recording in uh, Scott's backyard, which is a 400-acre <laughs> epic land in southern Oregon by Ashland. Yeah. So there's a babbling brook happening right now. We met, I would highly recommend checking out the video, which will be on YouTube, I imagine, because um, it's just like ridiculously stunning we just got out of a sauna we're sitting beside a hot tub that's all uh wood fire hot tub mm -hmm. there's a spring water or well water being there's a hose coming out of the sauna it's like ridiculous what you've created mm. i really value and appreciate the juxtaposition the balance between you having so much um experience with like doing something so insane seeming to somebody like me uh -huh. of spend how many darkness retreats have you done with yourself and what's like your you've done I've a done, bunch of 10 days yeah i've done four 10 days and a couple with my wife how many 10 days four four 10 days yeah all right 
Yeah. And you're getting prepped to do a 21 day one coming yeah. up. In and you've spent a, a year in a Vipassana retreat center. I did. Yeah. And a couple years off in the woods in Baja over time, not two years in a row, but why does a person, why does a person do that? Um, well, I don't know why other people would do it, but for myself, uh, there's just, uh, the experience of complete and utter fulfillment and the unending depths of that for me are experienced within. Hmm. And so the more time that I have in a container that really supports me in exploring in that way, the deeper I drop into that. Was it ever, what's the arc? Does it start off really hard? Obviously you were yearning to do this yeah. to begin. Why were you yearning? Uh -huh. Where were you at before you mm -hmm. got into this mm -hmm. silence and introspection and like getting away? Mm -hmm. So where was your mind? Mm -hmm. And what was the experience going into that? Mm. And where are you at now with your relationship mm. to darkness or silence or mm -hmm. being away from you know the distractions of the world? Yeah, uh, I think in the beginning, there's just a total disillusionment like there was nothing in the world that I wanted that hmm. was like that I was grasping for for satisfaction or fulfillment and it was like everything kind of just fell away hmm. so there's a lot of misery and feeling lost hmm. and uh, the despair and then from that psychedelics definitely kind of like was the catalyst of like wow there's this space within that's just so alive it's just so fulfilling yeah um, but o only getting that, yeah, but only getting that from the psilocybin and then back to just being miserable. How many rounds of psilocybin were you doing at that point? Was it like one big one? Were you yeah, it was just, psilocybin? yeah, it was, it was just a couple random trips. It wasn't like a, an ongoing thing. I think that's why some people are scared of psychedelics. Hmm. They're scared of going like too deep uh -huh. and like losing their identity in a uh -huh. way. And like a lot of people would probably have some low level fear of like, do I want to become the go live in a dark cave for 21 days guy <laughs> uh-huh you know yeah yeah so there's that um and then i started spending a lot of time alone and part of it was pretty miserable but i didn't know what else to do yeah and i was kind of lost reading so many books and taking in what other people what i thought i had to do based on what other people did mm -hmm. it was a lot more of like other people's stuff and then after i started spending a lot of time in solitude and I read an Osho book that more painted the path as like expressive and like fun and celebratory. Yeah. So like some of the things that you explored in the dark was definitely some of the things, a lot of the things that I did in my early days of spending time alone, hmm. screaming, shaking, going to gibberish, just dynamic, full, expressive practices. It's complete craziness. Just total craziness. Just like how wild and crazy can I be and, and finding a lot of fulfillment in it. Yeah. Um, that was one of the things that we sh I, I shared with you after coming out was the feeling, a, a sensation that I had during the experience was almost like a birthing of aspects of my personality that I would have been more um, maybe uncomfortable to expose or more inhibited to do so. And it took time for me to get to a point where I even felt comfortable enough with myself mm. to allow these seeming like crazy ridiculous parts to come out mm -hmm. and it was drama and it was comedy and it was insanity and it was like all these layers and it was an interesting thing observing my own 
um, like self judgment of like, is this expression okay? Mm. And observing the, this, this, this slow, it felt like a, like a birthing process of, of the different layers of myself in a way, because in, in common, you know, day life for most people, at least me, there's only certain layers that are, are like, I think, okay to express. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we realize that mm -hmm. until you're maybe in this case alone in a dark room for a while and just naturally these parts emerge or else you'll, you know, I felt like I was going to go crazy. So just like, ah, like things would come out. And so uh, I guess a, a thought or question that I had is I, I, I wonder if a person that has certain inexpressed aspects of themselves if that leads to some type of um, sub-ideal state, mm. anxiety, depression, you know, like deep-rooted sensations right. that perhaps are a product of some level of repression mm -hmm. of expression mm -hmm. or repression of self. Right. I mean, I, I think that's what a lot of people discover in the dark. Yeah. Is that there's so many aspects of themselves that they don't allow, they haven't allowed themselves to feel. Whether it's, I mean, a lot of people grief anger pain right because is it okay to sob like a baby as a 35 year old bearded lumberjack looking guy <laughs> i love that you know yeah this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> and is like, that okay <laughs> <laughs> not for long in our culture it's like you, not for long. It's a little weird you know and you get like a little bit of time like maybe you could do it for like a couple minutes but then you got to get your shit together and yeah, you, you know tie, that, like, sh tie to, that shit up <laughs> to have like endless amount of time to fall apart yeah. Like we never fall apart. Right. You it's can't fall apart. It's too inconvenient it's to fall apart right it's now. It's too, you can't. Whereas then, if all you have is three more days of nothing but darkness, it's like falling apart is actually pretty convenient. Yeah. Because I'm like engaged in something. Right. You just keep going and then you just like the layers of what you fall into. Right. As you fall apart. But we never allow ourselves to fall apart. Well, you don't have the time. It's not safe because someone could take advantage of you if you fall apart. Wow. You know, there's all those... So I think it provides people space to actually, and I think that's where it really opens is when you fall apart hmm. or move into something that's completely foreign and, and actually like not knowing. Cause when you know, you stay inside your box, you know who you are, you know what you do, but when you like can open into not knowing, then you can lean into the mystery and discover something new. What are people's experiences typically like before, after, is there any, contraindications schizophrenia anxiety depression um addiction mm -hmm. where they might go through like some kind of withdrawal thing that's like maybe too much for the person mm -hmm. Not um, that so those are two questions one are there contraindications like who would something like this be really good for who uh -huh. would something this be kind of like i don't know uh-huh I guess that'd be the first question and the next question is like what do you typically see with people's experience like yeah. before after um Who's it good for, I think, is always, for me, expanding in yeah. terms of, like, each person that comes, I'm like, wow, they got so much out of it. There was so much benefit that uh, it makes me realize, yeah, that, that it's such a, a larger audience than I once thought that yeah. benefits from it. Right. Uh, people who have no meditation experience. I think really the most important thing being, like, a willingness to be real and honest with whatever one's truth is and not like grasping for some kind of cosmic experience or not 
Right. You know, not looking for any experience because those don't last long in there. And the experience will come regardless. Yeah. yeah. You don't need to look for anything. Right. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then who's it not good for? I mean. Yeah. Who would you be concerned? Be like, oh, I don't know if I want. Like, is this a liability kind right. of situation? I guess the liability is they just leave. So that's the convenient thing with they it. They leave. Yeah. It's not like an ayahuasca or something like that where yeah. it's like you're in, you're mm-hmm. locked, you're loaded. There's no getting out of this. Yeah. So that is very convenient with, with the darkness. It is very um, firm yet gentle in a way. Mm-hmm. And like it allows spaciousness for like, you can leave any time. Totally. Which is very convenient. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've had people with PTSD, sexual trauma, all kinds of trauma, and they've found it to be amazingly healing and transformational. I think mostly because they're in a safe space, like they've never been in a safe space before. And that allows them, their nervous system relax they relax and then they can go into these spaces that before they just weren't even able to access because they didn't feel safe. What is your feeling of what the effect of repressed sensations or emotions has on the body Mm. and your experience as a practitioner of all of this stuff? Yeah. I feel like a lot of it, we can't even feel the level of contraction that it creates from being repressed and just another you know word for being contracted around whatever that may be but i think even people who maybe don't seem repressed have aspects of their personality or of themselves that they don't allow themselves to go into yeah like you've shared and you don't you probably wouldn't say that you feel repressed in your day-to-day life not typically no. right and then finding discovering areas that like you touched on that you're like wow i actually felt contracted around that like maybe that's actually also me yeah i felt like i had like a a a, almost like a backlog of tears in a way and and was going through various and there's tons more i'm sure um but it felt like i was going through various different chapters and this didn't happen until around like the fourth day or so for me especially um where it was it was as though there was this reservation or 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 backlog of emotions that i didn't have the spaciousness or the safety to feel Mm. and it was it was tracking back through those times of like ah like my you know i don't know it doesn't matter the specific instances um but just various different chapters and it was like oh like that part is like Oh, like that, that moment and going back into that moment, it's like, oh no, I didn't have like a, either the resources or feel safe enough or whatever it is to actually have a cathartic purge mm-hmm. of that pent up emotion from that experience. It's very fascinating, like the, like the physics of that. You know, say so like, oh, here's this pent up energy. It's, it's in there mm-hmm. and then have the opportunity or space or resources or, or what have you to purge that part and then feel this very interesting gratifying like clearing sensation it's very strange in a like a western analytical model totally without a teacher without a teaching no one's leading or guiding it's just yeah no books like no like instruments yeah no prep very strange Uh uh-huh how do we like do people need darkness retreats to touch on these things is there is there tools that people could integrate into their 
you know, more typical lives to touch on these things mm. is just acknowledging that these aspects of ourselves may exist. I don't know, you know if we ever slow down enough to actually allow ourselves to sink below the surface. And I think a lot of the tools that we use, meditation, chanting, prayer, breath work, it's like it, it has a level of control to it. And they're wonderful tools. Yeah. And I love, that is like vehicles, and I love, I think. and I love using them. And there's something about the darkness. It's such a, it's like a non-dual, it's a non-dual space. There's no, there's no duality. There's no opposites because it's just, you're just suspended in space. And, you know, like, what does that mean? Say, 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 say more of what is, there's no, there's no duality. There's no opposites. There's no, well, there's no like right or wrong. Like we're not, usually we're gauging ourselves through the eyes of others. Yeah. If you're able, if you're willing and maybe perhaps courageous enough to drop your own judge. Right. In the dark or yeah. in general, in the darkness. Both, but in the right. dark. In the but dark. There's still the judge. There's still the judge. Yeah. And it's hard to, there's a lot less yeah. because there's not the influence of, of the other. And, um, well, I think there's, you know, we don't slow down enough to allow deeper things to bubble up and the tools that we use to go deeper, like meditation and breath work and all those things, we're still like controlling. We're controlling our breath. We have like a meditation and right. we've chosen an object to meditate on and there's still hmm. a level of control. And in the darkness, you can only exert the control for so long, whether it's doing cold plunges or breath work or working out or at a certain point, you've exhausted that and you just like, you just lay down and open up. Hmm. You can't stop what's coming. And I think that's the moment when like things can start to naturally move through. Like when we actually get out of the way, it happens. When a person's having, say, a what feels like an anxiety attack or a bout of what feels like deep despair or depression uh, or feels like just the world is too much. I'm being crushed by this. And how do you navigate that when you're in day four, six or nine or whatever, by that time, maybe you're not having those experiences as much, or maybe you are. Uh -huh. So I'd be curious your arc. Me of, personally in there. Yeah. Like, uh -huh. like, and then how that perhaps could relate to someone else in normal nine to five uh -huh. life where they might be feeling this pressure of the world and right. you know the tendency might to be to reach out to uh -huh. a medication or reach out to some type of suppressant of some sort mm -hmm. like what are other options how does that a person psychically navigate that terrain in the dark in the dark yes but i, I would imagine those tools would probably cross over to the light for sure i'd like to take a moment to share about something that i find quite delicious and also is supportive for memory and cognitive function. If you guys have any issues with recalling names, dates, where you left things, or you find it difficult to stay on task, for example, then Newtopia, a bio-optimizers company, has created a brand new one-of-a-kind product called Kala Genius. Kala Genius is a blend of five potent superfoods, one of which being collagen, 
Uh, and then they include 1.2 pounds of four concentrated mushrooms. These mushrooms are lion's mane, reishi, cordyceps, and chaga. This cutting edge blend is a powerful way to rebuild your brain and rewire it for maximum energy, focus, and performance in less than 30 days. After each serving of Kala Genius, you'll feel calm, alert, and energized. Your ability to memorize and recall information will improve and you'll get a hefty dose of antioxidants for immunity support. Kala Genius is so darn delicious. Um, I really enjoy putting it into my coffee, especially, uh, or smoothies. It really, truly does have a delicious flavor um, and does make me feel quite good. Uh, if you guys are interested in getting yourself a little brain boost, and uh, also a delicious supplement to add into smoothies and coffee beverages. You can get yourself 10% off by going to newtopia.com slash align genius. That is spelled N-O-O-T-O-P-I-A.com slash align genius. Use align 10 code at checkout. You get 10% off your order. They have a one year money back guarantee. So if this stuff does not knock your socks off, you do not love it. Get your money back. No questions asked. That is newtopia.com slash align genius. Align 10 code for 10% off. I'm going to take a moment and share about something that has absolutely knocked my socks off and I was quite skeptical about in the beginning that is utilizing exogenous ketones as a fantastic source of fuel as mental clarity and it also reduces appetite which is kind of an interesting side effect as well um, i've done a whole podcast episode all about the benefits of it i really love using it before a podcast episode i just drank a bottle before reading this ad actually and it's it does an interesting thing it induces that similar sensation that you'd have after doing an extended fast and your body transitioning over into ketosis and uh, it's like a almost euphoric upbeat energetic cognitively clear sensation it's highly recommended i would i would just just give it a try uh if you don't absolutely love it no worries you can get your money back but i think it's one of those things just it's supportive to have in your toolkit uh so the company is called hbmn uh the drink is called ketone iq i uh, recorded a whole podcast with the founder of the company and got into the deep details of what the heck is going on with this and i think you guys are going to dig it so go to hvmn.com and then check out Type in the code ALIGN-20 and you will save 20% off on your purchase. That's HVMN.com. And then at checkout, type in ALIGN-20 and you will receive 20% off your purchase. Well, for myself in the dark, I guess let's start there. It's not an experience at this point that I have often in there. Mm. Um... Did you, before? Um, not in the dark. I think a lot of my time in solitude kind of... Right, you worked that out. Yeah, it was something that I got into. And in the dark now, I spend the majority of my time laying down. Oh, wow. I'm in bed like 20 hours a day. Oh, we're the complete opposite. <laughs> I was like neurotic, compulsive <laughs> mess. Yeah. And, and I learned, you know, I learned more from people like you like like everyone else because i'm my experience is so different than the majority of people that go in because i've had so much time alone right and so so you just surrender essentially for 20 hours ish and yeah there's I mean, four hours up. of like doing shit uh well my i like get up and take a bath i'll eat a little food wow and then i go back right into bed wow 
that's different. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. And I've probably spent 16 to 18 of those hours laying down. Wow. Because... For 10 days? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it really... Uh, it helps me it helps disarm myself and like let go of striving let go of trying let go of achieving let go of attempting to awaken or heal or whatever and just hmm. soften and dissolve into the the space i mean there's still some stuff that arises but there's there's a lot of space between things that arise do you think you've experienced enlightenment no what is enlightenment I don't know. Do you think you've had moments of enlightenment? Uh, I mean, I... Enlightenment's a weird word. It's a strange It's kind word. of like a crummy word. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say right now for me, something that... And I'd say everything, it's always changing of like where... What I feel or what I feel I know or what I feel I don't know. Yeah. But I think now I've... I lean more into that like I just have no idea. Like there's what a, I am. There's a... a really well-respected yoga monk fella. I don't remember who it was. I read a book I'm reading right now. Um, but he said, he was asked what enlightenment is. And he's, he, I think his response was impermanence. Mm. So I, I think like acknowledging the impermanence of things, mm -hmm. perhaps. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just Yeah, no, I, I have no idea. I mean, I'd say that I feel like I've, I've, I've had a, some glimpses of what I feel like I'm capable of knowing what I am and that it's just so beyond me that I accept that I just have, I have no idea. How do you get to a point of being able to, I guess the term might be surrender mm. to yourself for 20 hours uh -huh. a day for 10 days in darkness? Like how does a person that's so far from most people? Yes. Yeah, so I'd say two things. The first one is desire. Like there's like, I don't want, what I want is like to be free, completely free in all, in all of, in all of it, with all of it. And for me, when I really drop in to explore that, the way to do that is to welcome all things so that I'm not preferring one thing over another. I'm not preferring which is still a process for me. I'm not preferring some mind-blowing ecstatic experience yeah. over some discomfort. It's I like mean, I do, peak it's still far. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not preferring peak states. Yeah. And so I think the desire being the first thing, and then I think the next step from that or the next thing that just unfolds from that is just the truth of what I am. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only where, where I'm at right now. It's, it's ever expanding. But from like where I relate with that now is, um, is like the space that all things exist in. We were going on the truth. The tr what is the truth? The truth. Yeah, what the hell does that mean? Right. Oh, I said, you said like, how does one get there? So it's desire. Yeah. And then the truth. And then eventually it's like, I feel like at a certain point, the desire isn't necessarily needed. It's just like the like just the acknowledging and the being of what we are or what I am, which I mean, it could be qualified in so many different ways, but, um, awareness, presence. Yeah. 
I found acceptance to be invaluable uh -huh. as a tool. Like not attempting to change anything, but as neutrally as possible being in the observation of what arises. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that being like, I think at a certain point. And be, and be curious. Uh, yeah, curious. As opposed to avoid it. Totally. How do I stop this? Yeah. One lane? Yeah. Tell me more. Uh -huh. Another lane. Yeah, opening. Yeah. And that's curious. And like you said, I mean, you mentioned impermanence. Like, so if everything's coming and going all the time, then like, who are you? Yeah. Did you ever contemplate that? Who you are? I mean, I am right now, I guess, but not to this level. So if everything's always coming and going, then like, who are, what's the thing that remains? Yeah. And if there is something that remains, then that thing that remains can seemingly be with everything that comes and goes. Hmm. And then so the exploration into that thing that remains. Is there a language barrier to be able to identify that thing that remains? Yeah, I think it's beyond words. Right. So I think, yeah, there's no language. Uh. Maybe it's just, uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there's this story that these Zen monks would tell, and there's this Zen monk walking, and like the guy was like, he was contemplating enlightenment, and one of the Zen monks, like the teacher, like whacked him on the back, and he was like, ow, and he was like, that's it. Uh -huh. It's in that, it's just that. Yeah. It just, yeah. How many people have come through this particular center? Is that what you call, what we call this a center? What do we call this? Yeah, the treat center? Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Yeah. Yeah. You've got three cabins presently. Yeah. There's plans to create more in, yeah. in time. Mm -hmm. How many people have gone through this so far? You opened up two years ago? Uh, yeah. We opened up two years ago. About a little over 200. Okay. Yeah. How many people have had not good experiences where they got out and like, that shit sucked? Um... I've never heard that shit sucked. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was whack. Uh, there's, there's been, out of those 200, maybe three that mm. left after, like within the day. It right. was just like, like, I'm not into this. This isn't it. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than that. And they were just, what was that? They were like, this is. This just hard. like, not my, it's not for me. Not into it. Yeah. Not go. into it. Yeah, I got to go. Yeah. Um, and then there's been some people who have left a little bit earlier, but I'd say most of those people have left really happy. Right. Like they came to the clarity that like they love their family and they want to go spend time with their family and they'd rather not be in the darkness or things like that. Yeah. Do you have a sense of how people will do at this point now before they go in and how often are you surprised? Um, and what are characteristics that would indicate certain things? That's a good question. Um, I'm still surprised. So... I tend to lean on I don't know yeah. because I'm sometimes surprised by someone who may, maybe I think they're not going to have much of an experience and they just have a really powerful experience. Mm. I'd say people who tend to not be grasping for an experience do better because nothing lasts forever in there. And um, it's more the surrendering and the curiosity into the unknown than like, this is what I want. So that, that tends to be, I feel, what provides people to have a more, uh, to touch deeper. Because, like you said, the things that you dropped into were things that you didn't even know, like you, could, you, would, you weren't even desiring them. Correct. And so, you know, if, if people go in with strong intentions and strong desires, they're going to miss the unknown. Yeah. 
how would a person prepare for something like a, a darkness retreat? What do you think? How would you probably listening to podcasts like this uh-huh. and just engaging in some of the concepts and waking life? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Meditation. getting getting a feel and understanding and maybe things that would help people not have expectations and mm-hmm. not have not go in thinking that there's going to be some experience that like brings them some kind of aha that it's more the curiosity and the opening the exploring the being comfortable not knowing yeah that really opens them to the the mystery do you see this taking off and expanding in a in in like a a like how big could darkness retreats become I think they is there a be... limit to that? Or like, because it's an insane idea uh-huh. for someone to pay money to travel across the world, sit in a dark room with a bathtub, which is very pleasant. <laughs> I very much appreciate that, and a meditation area with a nice little cushion and a very comfortable bed and a furnace. You know, it's like very like you know, it's a comfortable room, um, and then have you know your captor come once a day. And bring you your food, which your, was very, which was very lovely, made captor? with love from Jill. Yeah, it feels a little like like a captor captive scenario. Oh, you're a captor. Yeah, you know, he comes down, you hear your captor creaking down the steps, and he brings you your stuff, and he tells you spiritual, sweet spiritual nothings. It's weird. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is what do you? Th- what's the future of of? Because it is obviously becoming more popular. Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah. Is it going to keep? Is it is it going to become as popular as like psychedelics? Like what's like? I think it could. I think it be, could become as popular as like a yoga retreat. Right. And it's I, like a rite of passage. Yeah. I think it's something that's that felt really very mm. interesting and valuable to me. Mm-hmm. It developed a certain level of resilience and fortitude and self belief that mm. I didn't realize existed within myself. Mm. What Which do you mean is by really self-belief? Meaning, very meaningful. Just like that I can. Uh-huh. Because the first day I was like, oh, this is not cool. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not into this. Uh-huh. And then it was like, this is interesting because it's new and novel and, and all of that. And like, I know that I can do this mainly because of the shame of not doing it. Shame was the main thing like kept me in. Uh-huh. Because I would shame you? driver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a big shame guy. That was what I was got when I first arrived. Um, no, shame of myself not being able to like with my peers and you know making a a video about this experience Mm -hmm. and doing like the youtubes and telling people and all of that stuff like it was it was very much like the accountability of the tribe is Mm -hmm. what kept me Mm -hmm. doing it Mm -hmm. outside of that i don't know why i would keep doing it Uh you know yeah but it felt like it really cultivated this deep sense of resilience and fortitude and like a gear in that realm that I didn't know existed that mm. felt very empowering. Mm-hmm. And what would you say was like the biggest thing that you feel like you got out of it? Like something new that you discovered? Well, like that, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of things and I have a, you know, I have like an hour of voice recordings of certain little like ahas mm-hmm. that I had throughout it. But I think the, the, the one that I mentioned was like the birthing of one's personality there's a quote from somebody smart as well. I don't remember who it was exactly, but it says something, something along the lines of, of um, it takes work to develop one's personhood. 
which is, I think, an interesting mm. thing. Like, it's like not easy. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a story. Maybe it actually is quite easy or, you know, it yeah. is whatever you make of it. But yeah. something like that and that experience, mm -hmm. it's like you're doing the opposite of what, or I'm doing the opposite of what I would like to do. I'd right. like to be in the sun. I'd like to go surf. Sure. I'd like to like hang out with friends. I want to sit in a hot tub. Right. It's like the complete opposite of what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And within that, there's the paradox of it, it allows these emergent qualities to start to manifest. Mm -hmm. But it was like, it's like takes work for that personhood to start to come out. Mm -hmm. And I think the observation of that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, the work is in releasing the concept of work and actually right. like that is the work uh -huh. it's all paradox uh -huh. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah they become real <laughs> apparent in there like the sense of progress <laughs> yeah 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 um i think another thing that was interesting a deeper level of you know i'm like a, a fan of ramdas and i'm sure other people say this in various different iterations but you know something that he said a lot was be with what is mm -hmm. so that was like something as well like you know i've listened to probably most of his discourses and read his books and you know or alan watts and you know all all the like those those folks not all those folks, but like those two in particular and that concept of impermanence be with what is non-attachment like all the buddhist stuff mm -hmm. there wasn't a more poignant experience that i've had with that mm. like the non-attachment part mm -hmm. So I think that was something of like a, a solution to the times where I'm feeling like this is too much. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling angry. I feel like enraged. There's also the, the availability to truly be with it and not disassociate and distract, um, but also not create some like moralistic bad good story around it. Mm -hmm. and actually become curious about the sensation mm. as opposed to like, oh, this is a bad sensation. Totally. I'm losing. Right. I'm a loser. Yeah. Well, that's where I think the non-duality, like yeah. the opposite's not existing in there. Right. Whereas like you wouldn't allow yourself to go in there as much as if someone else was there. You know, like no one wants, if you're feeling sad and then there's somebody else feeling happy, you likely feel worse about feeling sad. Right. But if there's no one there to compare, it's just like you just, it's just a feeling. Yeah. And you can go into it more easily. What surprised you about um, the dark? Mm, is how quickly I dropped into really deep, sensitive, soft spaces. Like how, where for me, what would maybe in Vipassana, where I get to after eight, nine days, after a couple days in the dark, I'm feeling that level of, sensitivity, stillness, and depth, and effortlessly, without meditating. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't, with, without a formal meditation practice, without controlling my awareness, just by resting mm. and softening. What is the balance of getting up, being a lunatic, screaming, you know, blood curdling, you know, screams and awkward insane laughter and <laughs> crying and punching pillows and going into theater or stand-up comedy routines or playing instruments like is that a a a tool mm. is there some hierarchy of if you come to a point where you are able to just 
lay down in a bed for 16 hours and observe stillness mm. is that like better yeah I, I don't i don't think that's like the ultimate like my way is is just where i'm at now and like yeah. how i did it a year before was different and how i do it in my 21 day may be I may be just screaming like a lunatic for 16 hours. Like, I don't think, I think what's appropriate is appropriate for where someone's at in their unfolding. It feels like the way that I describe it more like my version of things. It feels like that version, almost it's like those expressions would be a product of psychic friction mm. in a way. And it's like, there's the, that, that frictive thing happening. It's like, oh, and then it's like, you know with friction comes heat mm -hmm. and energy mm -hmm. and sparks yeah and then it needs to go somewhere so it's yeah. like ah, yeah like out yeah whereas if there's less i'm just making up the term right now psychic friction mm -hmm. perhaps there's more availability to just sink into observing mm. how do i soften more right do you think there's something to that yeah maybe just different ways of leaning into or moving with whatever's appearing like yeah. if there's there's the just like which i also love of the wild psychotic just insanity of yeah. expression and then the the softening and giving it space to just be without without wanting it to go away yeah because the then thing. the question becomes who wants it to go away and if you say well i do well then it's like who's who's that i who wants it to change What's up, guys? I wanted to share that we are launching the Align Method online program and enrollment is closing this week. This will be a closed group. We're doing weekly calls at the end of each week for a Q&A with me. And we are giving to the first 500 people. We will be entering you into a contest or a raffle to win a new cold plunge, which is a $6,000 value. comes from the company, The Cold Plunge. Uh, we are also giving away a PEMF mat from Higher Dose, a sauna blanket from Higher Dose, Vivo Barefoot shoes, blue blockers from Raw Optics, uh, supplements from Organifi, HVMN, Onnit, so much cool stuff. This is the hugest giveaway I've ever seen, let alone um, offered. And I'm just so excited for the opportunity to get to share this stuff with you guys. The first week is absolutely free. So all this is just for starting the free trial. Uh, in that free trial, you'll get a movement assessment where you can assess yourself, understand what your movement baseline is. You will also learn five fundamental mobility techniques that I utilize with every client. I also utilize with them with myself every day. Uh, they're very high leverage, very high impact, and uh, they're meaningful. They will change the way that you move for sure. So jump over to alignpodcast.com slash AMP to start the trial and enter to win all of that amazing stuff. And uh, you'll also see me for a live Q&A. So we'll be doing a live Q&A call. You will be a part of that for the free trial regardless. And then you can learn more about the program and what it offers at alignpodcast.com slash AMP. Again, enrollment is closing this week, and uh, the first 500 people that sign up will be entered to win the prizes. It's alignpodcast.com slash AMP. Something I've heard, um, this is another Ram Dass thing, was he was talking with somebody, and they were like really angry at something. Mm -hmm. And he's like, a th similar thing, like, well, who's angry? It's like, well, I'm angry. It's like, so are you the totality of you angry is like, yeah, uh -huh. like I am angry. <laughs> like, this is it. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well like who's observing or witnessing the anger. Mm -hmm. 
you know and then it's like okay like who's witnessing the anger it's like okay well like is there and they, or something along the lines of like i'm he got him to get to a point of of stating that you know i'm witnessing the anger mm-hmm. in some way i don't know how he did that exactly um and it's like okay well is the observer or the witness of the angry mm-hmm. angry uh-huh, right. like, well no it's just observing mm-hmm. and then it's like ah yeah uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh, okay <laughs> right yeah but then i think is there you know that's where i think that the cathartic practices have their place because we're also just honest with where we're at and it's like i actually just don't like this fucking feeling yeah i want it to change and so there's 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 i think the most important is just an honesty so there's like we had talked about right. a little yesterday of like do those things actually become like non-supportive or you know and i think at the point where we're not able to be honest like i'm on my phone because i just love it right it's like or i'm on my phone because i don't love how i feel and like that's a really hard thing to admit like that like i feel alone right that a lot of the things we do are to avoid how we feel but in the darkness it's hard to like to avoid that seems like coming to a point of actually loving all the flavors of yourself Mm. and your expression of whatever comes up reduces a massive amount of friction of kind of like the the double bind that can manifest as a product of not accepting this Mm. you know what you would um, identify or label as like an unpleasant sensation Mm -hmm. but if you can come into a place of like feeling anger can actually feel very gratifying. I love anger personally. I have a hard time with a lot of other, th- but I love raging just like you in there. Like yeah. anger's more. Fe- or feeling sadness. Right. Or feeling like for, for me, sadness or... is not as easy for, for historically speaking for me to like access. Sure. Cause I think it feels weak maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my experience too. Yeah. I love anger. It's like, I can, I love to rage in a good way, like you and there, this cathartic stuff. I have some anger, like I want to kick stuff and Yeah. There's um, something empowering about anger, I think. Yeah. And something very masculine. Yeah. You're uh. like, I got this bitch. <laughs> I'm in control. <laughs> Whereas yeah. sadness is like, oh, like you're really like soft and Right. You know, you you're very vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing that comes up in the dark and then the exploration of how people then deal with it or want to cover it up and i think that's one reason that the feminine has perhaps an easier and more powerful time in the dark is they allow themselves to go there more yeah so they drop in more to the space that that allows that whereas the masculine's posturing around feeling uncomfortable or feeling weak or or whatnot yeah yeah so but that's so it's it's an interesting thing to come to a point is can any person come to that point of being in a place of actually well welcoming all the the colors of their emotional rainbow and saying like ah sadness you know like and it's not disassociation right it's actually like being all the way in the sadness Mm -hmm. without judgment around it Mm -hmm. i think I, i would say yes and i'd say that happens two ways one is the desire because you see that like this is actually your path to freedom yeah and then the other being the truth of of what we are that is that which experiences all of it so it almost becomes like a choiceless choice it's just like 
just existing as what's what we the, are. What's the sensation that's the hardest for you to crack? That's the hardest. It's like, oh, like this one. Is um, there like, maybe I'm crack, I'm not sure isn't the right language, but like, yeah. is, there, is, is there one, you like anger? Yeah, I do like anger. Yeah. Um, I Chaos would be one of them. Mm. And I right. live with a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Right. So my house is chaotic. Right. Normally. And so that's uh, your biggest teacher probably. It, that's definitely one of my biggest teachers. Isn't that funny how that works? Yeah. The thing that's like your hardest thing is like, oh yeah, that's my life. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like the house <laughs> that's is like my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, oh, and see, and seeing my like I've my resistance around around that. Around sometimes even just going into the house because of just the chaos that's i mean there's a lot of good things but since we're just highlighting the challenge like yeah yeah the the resistance and how i contract around like this is not what i want i don't want it to and i've i've had there was a moment a couple weeks ago where the chaos was building and i could see my like movement to come control what was happening like you have to stop we're going over here this yeah. is, and I allowed myself to, I had a moment of awareness of like, oh, of being aware of what was happening within me and where I was allowed, to, able to like soften and be the space that the reactions were existing in. I could, right. feeling myself cringe around like what I was feeling because of the chaos yeah. and not doing anything about it. Mm and not judging myself for cringing of like, God, I can't believe you're cringing or that's like, the double bind part. Yeah. yeah of like place the judgment on it. You're right. Like, oh, of, I'm this spiritual uh, dark guy. Right. I was just like, this <laughs> is just like, <laughs> this is part of where I'm at. And like, and seeing the cringe and just like having like a smidgen of humor of like, wow, here we are. Mm. And just allowing it and just like feeling the cringe of like, and the contraction around it and like, how uncomfortable it felt uh, with a little bit of humor. When was the last time you felt out of control? Where you're like, oh, this is bad. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not able to, like, you know, serenity, samadhi, oh, my way through this. Uh, probably moments of yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. What just, was that like? Uh, just, I think time is really, when I really reflect on it a lot, it's like feeling rushed. And the time, like I have to do this, this, and this. Right. I've like overcommitted myself. I have this much time. Right. And like I'm, there's like an anxiousness of like rushing through to get it done. And then of just like, whoa, I'm really oh, kind of losing it. How do you navigate that? And do you ever feel a, a, like an imposter syndrome of sorts where you're like, fuck, like. Hmm. How so? Well, I guess. Well, for, for, yeah, if you're like, I mean, you don't really, I don't think you really identify as anything, which is convenient. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know, so imposter syndrome is a little tougher. Right. But yeah. the sensation of like, I'm. I'm yeah, someone. Yeah. I'm like a, you know, pretty, I could be confused with like an enlightened being. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? That would be a big confusion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess I don't see myself <laughs> <laughs> as that in any way. And so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, there was somebody who came out of the dark. And one of the things he said is he said, you know, I feel like people would consider me less spiritual as what I got out of there is a greater connectivity with my humanity and yeah. my faults and right. my lack. 
Right. And I feel like that's something that like I've definitely gotten to. Yeah. Like where I suck the things of like where I can be an asshole, where it's like there's so many things that I'm underdeveloped in. I have a great capacity to go in the dark and rest and dissolve into the stillness and move into an ecstatic expression. Like I have those things, but there's also like, I'm very aware yeah. of where I'm, where I'm not. It's like the, sometimes I think that in the quote unquote, like spiritual worlds, it can be a bit of a bypass mm-hmm. of the actual like realness of life of like their humanity. Totally. And yeah. I was like, no, no, no. I'm like, I'm too, transcendent to be a human yeah that's not my thing uh-huh. you know i'm like i wear a white robe you know i've yep. got beads yep. like I, it's like this cloak yeah of sorts it doesn't need to be it could just be you know right a robe and beads or whatever yeah right yeah. but it, it also could be a, it could be a disguise yeah of sorts and yep. almost like a disgust with self uh-huh yeah and others in life and you're yeah just like too no, good. no 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 oh no no i'm up here <sighs> okay Oof, okay yeah. yeah it's quiet it's still yeah you know, like that's, but I think within that, again, it's, there's still like a strong duality within that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oftentimes there can be, it's just a, a more, um, almost like an insidious cloak than some. Mm-hmm. No, or for like sure. an insidious mask yeah, in a way. Cause it seems like the way, Yeah. you know, it's like, oh yeah, like you, you okay. You're like, you're out of humanhood. Uh-huh. Like you've transcended. Right. But in fact, that person may very well be as deeply confused and in pain as any person that's just like, you know, working at a gas station, totally. just doing normal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's interesting. Yeah. One of the things <laughs> I love about the darkness is that it, it brings one into a really profound transformative space, but there's no spiritual stuff. Right. There's no teacher, there's no teaching, there's no cultural right. overlay, there's no practice, there's no spiritual woo-woo. No, like it's like, it's just simple, pure space. Let's just allow the space to see what comes up. Yeah. This is going to be different for everybody. Right. And probably very similar in some ways too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the, the, the technology of it is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about the difference between, so in my book, The Align Method, we, I, I wrote in the vision chapter about, I don't remember how, I think it's Terapy Tamu or Tamau or something, which mm. comes from the Czech Republic. Do you know anything of, of the, so we talked about the origination with like the Buddhist stuff in 49 days. Mm-hmm. Was it Colombia that they do it yeah, as well? Yeah, the Kogis, yeah. The Kogi people in Colombia. Mm-hmm. Do Native American peoples, is there a history of that with them? I mean, the, the Hopis had a word, the Kiva, which was like yeah, a right. ceremonial space here? that's like underground and... Right. Um, so I know like in Taoism and through different lineages in India, they say the Egyptians and the Greeks. Huh. Like, I mean, it's a pretty like simple practice and pretty powerful. Is there differences between the different cultures that do it? Yeah. So that's an interesting thing to look at. Like, I mean, in, in Tibetan Buddhism, in Dzogchen, they like, the practitioners are preparing almost their lifetime to go in and they have practices that they're doing and with the kogis what kind of practices yeah i don't know yeah yeah but they do have practices that they're doing and same with the kogis in colombia they have you know there's there's practices that they do 
And so it's really fascinating to me now as we have it, like there's no, because it's kind of open to everyone, there's not like a culture that's, it's kind of like a, a real open exploration where no one's going in with like, these are the practices that you do. Yeah. And so it's kind of a, yeah, just this really just open curiosity of let's see what happens. And uh, Do you see the practice changing with time? like the way that we do it? Like, have you innovated yourself mm. compared to the when you first started to now? Has there been, or is it pretty much just like, you just go into a dark room for, you know, five to 10 days and you get food once a day and you just kind of sort it out. Right, yeah. Is no, there best practice? Yeah, it's definitely changed how we support it, how we've like leaned in more. Yeah. Because like I've seen more support goes a long way. Yeah. And that being like just chatting with people and bring up food. For me, it was super helpful. Yeah. And like being with people before they go in and when they come out. Yeah. Um, and for myself, like it's evolved how I orient in the dark. And I think for people who find that they go in time and time again, it just naturally shifts, just kind of reveals itself as per what's appropriate. Yeah. So I don't know. I love that there's that how we hold it is there is no practice. There is no right way. It's just kind of like, if there is anything, it's like going with curiosity, openness, and just without any kind of goal, except maybe to like rest, relax, and soften, and just feel what's arising. How does darkness compare and contrast to psychedelics? Um, well, it's longer. Mm. And yeah. there's, uh, there's something about that it doesn't end. I mean, it does, but in there, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. you're in there for four days, like that doesn't get you through. Yeah, it's unrelenting. Yeah. Was the sensation. It was like, this is unrelenting. Right, like <laughs> with, with plant medicine, it's like, okay, two more hours, three more hours, four more hours. There's still like, that brings on some subtle level and probably all, a lot of other levels that some relief when needed, when it is like overwhelming. Yeah. But with the darkness, there's no relief. It's going to end in three days. It's just not, it doesn't bring relief. It's not enough. Yeah. And so there's something that, that like, that, that does for us where, uh, we have to meet what's happening even more because it's not going to end seemingly. The analogy that came up for me is almost feels like, I mean, the obvious one is, is like teaching a man to fish instead of giving them a fish. Mm. So it's like with the, the things that naturally emerge if you're alone with yourself in a dark room for enough time would probably, I mean, probably or almost definitely be the same things that one may run into in like an ayahuasca journey or psilocybin or whatever, maybe ibogaine, whatever it is. And within that, I think ayahuasca, for example, has this sensation of people talk about it's like, it's a mother figure or it's like, mm -hmm. it's like they're like doing the thing in a way, mm -hmm. taking you through the processes. Whereas with the darkness, it's like you really are kind of out on your own and you have no choice but to sort it out. Mm. And so I feel like there's a certain development within that mm. of like education of how to navigate these spaces in the future. Right. Compared to, oh, do I need to reach out for the substance to like, oh, like tap back in? Uh -huh. It's like, no, no, I've established with a week of sitting with myself or whatever amount of time you did, three days right. or whatever it was. Yeah. Of like, no, I know, I, I know exactly how to build this house or build this, you know, right. catch this fish. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the level of empowerment.
that comes from like you did it on your own without any substance it's very empowering yeah it's amazing yeah yeah that's i think part of like the resilience totally i was i was feeling from it and i think the the other p like to build on the time piece is like you have enough time to be sad like you can go into those uncomfortable spaces like usually if we're if i'm feeling down or crappy in my day it's just like well shit i got things to like i can't i don't have enough time to be sad right you know, but in there, it's like you got plenty of time to be whatever's coming up. Yeah. What are other questions I should ask? Is there any other interesting, relevant things for a person that's maybe like contemplating the idea of a, of mm. attending a darkness retreat or just uh-huh. maybe notice the sensations of anxiety or fear or guilt or shame or things of the sort in their normal day-to-day life mm. that maybe they could learn from a person that's spent a lot of time in you know alone right um questions that you'd ask like right now to yeah explore. i could ask right. you uh-huh well what do you feel like having done this where do you feel that like you'll draw on this experience mm. i think the big thing it really is 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 continuing to engage with the be with what is idea mm-hmm. and also a big thing for me was commitment um, like to my, to myself, to my, my, you know, friends, to my partner, to my business, to mm-hmm. just all of the things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I say I'm doing a thing, like I do the thing. Mm-hmm. And so that was like, that was a big thing for me in there was like, I had, you know, semi ridiculous routinized schedule, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like my 10 sessions of theater exercise music i brought a flute and a drum and a harmonica um meditation followed by like an ice bath and i do ice bath every like two or three rounds so i do like three to four ice baths a day and then like hot baths as well um and i was very like committed in a way Mm -hmm. to that so to me that was kind of a thing where it was like cool like i told myself i'm gonna do this thing Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do this thing Mm -hmm. i told myself i'd stay for the whole darkness retreat stay for the whole darkness retreat Mm -hmm. um so that was like a major value lesson for me. And then the other thing that's more of a, a tool would be uh, more effectively navigating hard conversations, hard feelings, hard mm-hmm. sensations, things that I'd want to run away from. Mm-hmm. That was my major one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think one of the things that it's like you get to die before you die in there, like you die to the world for those four days, like you lose everything. Right. And then how much we value just the simple things in our life, which is cliche, but like you experience that, like you never experienced that before in yeah. the dark. So you start like you really, it changes you because it's your like how much you love your loved ones and how much like that's yeah. all that matters. But it's like, it's not just something you've read or heard or understand for a moment. It's like something that you live and experience because you have nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Is darkness, we'll, and we'll wrap up soon, but is, is darkness something that, could a person derive the same benefits from something like a darkness retreat doing something easier? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really pretty impossible question. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. Not Not from my experience and witnessing other people having these experiences that they've gone in like i don't think time alone in nature in a cabin does the same thing 
Yeah, there's something about the extreme polarity of nothingness. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. And then the, to contrast that with anything. Yeah, there's something about not, not being able to compare yourself even to a tree or to whatever, not having anything. Right. And then not having like, and then the safety factor. Like if you're in nature, like the, the unchangingness, like you are in, in an unchanging reality, which helps connect to that which is unchanging in us. Right. You've reduced all variables except for your consciousness. Right. Is the only variable yeah. present. Right. Just the, the mind, the sensations. And like, because in nature, at least like you get, you get chilly or there's like, you could get, you know, there's some level of survival. Yeah. But now you're in a space where like your base needs are met. Nothing's changing. And then like, how does that, what happens? Then? Yeah. Which the nature would create a whole nother form of medicine and a whole nother form of right. restoration and resilience and like all of those things. Totally. So it's like, they're all just different tools. Yeah. Do you have any bias? So last, last thing I'll say that I think is kind of an interesting thing in relation to psychedelics. I think oftentimes, and we've talked about this, but oftentimes people that maybe have deem themselves like psychonauts or they're really interested in exploring those spaces. I think a tendency is for them to romanticize those dimensions of reality and the idea of just being here now, you know, like Eckhart Tolle is like kind of boring or like not that cool or it's not that sexy. What do you think about that? Mm. I mean, I, I definitely, is there a, is there a hierarchy to experience, mm. you know? I mean, within the realm of the mind, right? But that hierarchy is going to be relative to who's deciding it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's definitely something that I've have fallen victim to for a long time in being like a seeker, which yeah, I don't really right. see myself as now, but seeking some experience that I thought was it. Yeah. Now it's more subtle. I don't have it as much but i definitely catch myself in like i have i don't like chaos because i want stillness and peace right but in that you're addicted to stillness i'm and peace. addicted to stillness and peace and yeah. i've coming to see that more and more which is why in that moment i was able to just like just rest into my cringe and like because i want stillness and peace i don't want this and so seeing that um i don't think i think that becomes like a trap and like what I want more is to be free in it all. And so to be free in it all would be not to prioritize or prefer one experience over another. Now yeah. that's what I want. That's not always my reality, but, um, in that's what I find makes, creates the most freedom for me, especially in the dark where I'm not, or in life in general, where it's like, I know when this is done, I could romanticize about like, I have this cake that I'm going to eat and it's going to be amazing. And then I'm going to do this, this, and this, but like, it's all just going to come and go. Yeah. And in the darkness that's become so, so clear and apparent that it's like, it's just, there's something else there that's always there. Yeah. That like will fill me up more than some coming and going of an experience. And yet I can still deeply enjoy. Yeah that experience yeah well thank you so much for uh creating this space it's mm. obscenely special it's yeah. very very cool it's been a real pleasure truly to be here with you and cool, you man. know on that it's uh 
I think that humility that we talked about of people who maybe in spiritual circles like build themselves up as whatever, I yeah. think they I think there's a missing of the uniqueness and the gems that everyone has to offer and being inspired mm. by others. Like I've honestly like it's been a real pleasure to be here with you and inspired by you know what you what you bring and who you are. Truly. Thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. What what qualities? There's a beautiful like humble confidence. I was actually talking about it with Jill. We were watching the video of when you came out and we oh. were just like, well, it's just like you have like a beautiful confidence that's not like that doesn't that's that's that has humility woven in with it. That I think's um yeah, not something that I see often usually somebody's confidence also like cocky or there's a hierarchy in there right but to feel comfortable and confident and like open and humble hmm. it's beautiful and it's not me that's like that's not a quality and so like i love i love that and hmm. so i really yeah thanks man yeah wow i appreciate that yeah um yeah not that we need to go back and forth uh blowing smoke up each other's asses <laughs> but uh upon you picking hannah and myself, Hannah Eden, uh, from the airport. That was like the first thing that, that struck me about you that I was re- I found really value. I, I valued very much. Um, was this really like open, non-judgmental, compassionate, loving? Like it, it was very clear that you've been doing something right, mm-hmm. as far as like the the workings of the way that you your consciousness works. You know, and it's, it's, it's interesting to see the, like the fruits of that very obscure labor, <laughs> you know, cause it's not as identifiable as like, oh cool. That dude's like got a sweet six pack, which you are actually in really good shape, you know, or that dude's like just all the obvious things. Right. It's very strange. Mm. Like cultivating one's internal light, you know, and seeing how that comes out in day to day life. Mm-hmm. But it's really, it's like, it's, it's very, it's another thing. That is a quality that very much stood out with me um, or in regard to you. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the lessons that I've gotten Mm. from you and from this place. Um, If people want to engage in something like this with themselves, how do people get involved? Like, where do they go? Are there other centers Mm -hmm. around? Mm -hmm. This place is in by Ashland, Oregon, which yeah. is like freaking phenomenally beautiful. Yeah. Um, do they, is there like a website? Like how do people yeah. get engaged with something like this? Skycaveretreats.com, Skycaveretreats cool. on Instagram. And as far as I know, as of now, we're the only center in the States. The next stop is uh, the Hermitage in Guatemala. Right. And then there's obviously like Czech Republic yeah, and, and then, other places. And then you go over to Europe, Germany and Czech. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, is there anything else to to leave listeners yeah. or viewers with or do you feel like this yeah. covered it? I think we got it. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you, man. Um, again, check out the video. It's like pretty ridiculous. The sun is just setting. There's this babbling brook. It's very nice. Um, thank you all for tuning in. That is it. That is all. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Once again, I want to thank you guys for subscribing. Thank you for reviews. Also, I want to invite you to start the free trial of the Align Method on Align program in that first week. 
you will start off with a movement assessment so you understand where are you at in your own movement practice i believe many people kind of don't necessarily have a strong sense of where should their joints be moving what is normal what is optimal so we start off with that and then we go through five fundamental mobility techniques that everybody ought to understand for a more effective self-care and mobility practice and uh, i think you guys are gonna really enjoy that so jump over to alignpodcast.com slash amp to start the free trial of the first week and then you can learn more about the rest of the program there alignpodcast.com slash amp appreciate you guys and i'll see you next week